the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, there were some unique challenges provided to you and your team this week by COVID. How did the week go? You know, I'll let you know how the week went based on the outcome of the game. Uh, needless to say, it was a challenging week, uh, but it's something that, you know, I think we, are, we have a certain level of preparedness for. We've acknowledged that at the very outset of this journey um, that it wasn't going to be fluid, that we had to have a can-do attitude, that we needed to be light on our feet and be able to utilize all the tools and resources at our disposal to teach and to learn and to prepare. So we've modeled the process that we are going through this week uh, at different points during team development. So I got a high level of comfort in terms of what we were able to get done, but we got to step into a stadium and deliver the goods. And that's when it's real. Your love for your job comes through every time you speak publicly, particularly about the preparation for an upcoming opponent. Do you ever get a little extra jolt when the opportunity presents itself to overcome some kind of adver adversity in doing that job, maybe some adversity outside the norm? I love it. I do. Um, I think we as competitors, we all love it. You know, we hate the process. You know, it's been a challenging week, obviously, dealing with, dealing with some of the uncertainties and the things that we've had to deal with. Um, but you love the competitive atmosphere that it creates. You love the opportunity to smile and to rise up in the face of adversity. Sometimes that adversity is created by your opponent. Sometimes you create your own adversity. Sometimes it's just circumstantial. N nonetheless, regardless of how it's created, if you love to compete, you love to rise up against it. At your news conference last Tuesday, you made it clear that Ben Roethlisberger would start a quarterback against the Bengals, provided he tested negative for COVID during his week in quarantine. Why was that such an easy automatic decision for you? I've been through so many scenarios with Ben over the last 14 years, some of them health and availability related, that this is a drill that we've kind of been through before. Uh, and the fact that his health is not a factor in that availability, quite frankly, makes it a more comfortable venture for me. Um, so we've gone through what we needed to go through throughout the week. He's been engaged in a big way virtually. Um, you know, he has snap experience in 17 years of it. So we're going to call on that. Um, and, and going to the stadium and play. I want to be clear that I'm not asking you to comment on the officiating in the game against Dallas, but during an appearance on the DVE morning show, Gene Steratore said the Cowboys were guilty of leverage violations on placement attempts by Chris Boswell. Can you explain what leverage is in that context? Yeah, they, they, they utilized the man to elevate themselves in an effort to get through a gap and or block a kick, um, which is illegal. And um, we all know it's illegal. Um, we've just had issues in terms of getting it officiated consistently. Some of it probably has to do with vantage point. Um, I'm not in those meetings, but I know that uh, it's troublesome, particularly when it has a chance to be game altering. Is that a player safety issue? It is. And, 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 and that's why the emphasis on the rule change for the jumper himself. Um, you know, that's just been an element or a point of emphasis for us from a player safety initiative. Uh, because of the fact there were no off-season programs, no mini camps or preseason games in 2020, the general belief was that it was going to be tough for rookies to assimilate and contribute early this year. And yet you've had three rookies, Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, and Kevin Dotson, each make meaningful contributions already this season. Uh, in your opinion, what has allowed that to happen? You know, their talents, um, their their attention to detail, their ability to learn in a variety of ways, because some of it has been alternate 
learning, uh, like we've mentioned, um, you know, they deserve the credit. And, and it has been a challenging atmosphere uh, to cultivate the development of rookies or rookies to get an opportunity to show themselves. We have several other rookies that we're pretty excited about, guys like Anthony McFarland and Antoine Brooks, uh, who hadn't necessarily had their opportunities yet. Um, but we're excited about what they're going to do for us moving forward as well. Those first three guys I've mentioned are the positions that they play, wide receiver, outside linebacker, and guard, which is the most difficult to learn in the transition from college football to NFL football. You know, probably the outside linebacker position, and the reason I say that is because uh, Alex Highsmith played defensive end at Charlotte. And so, you know, when we've had Dotson uh, rise up and play, Dotson is doing exactly what he did at Louisiana Lafayette. And when, and when he was playing for David DeCastro, he was playing the exact position, right guard. Um, Chase Claypool, you know, there are receivers that come into the league every year and show that the transition from college to pro is not a difficult one for that position. But an outside linebacker, particularly a guy that was a non-dropper uh, in college to, to make the transition that he's made and, and, and make the type of plays that we've seen him make as a dropper, for example, in the interception at Baltimore is an impressive thing. Uh, during a Zoom call with the media, defensive line coach Carl Dunbar referred to Cam Hayward as the Pied Piper. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to speak for Carl Dunbar, <laughs> but what kind of a leader is Cam Hayward? Man, he's a hands-on leader. Um, you know, he's got intimate relationships with the guys that he works with. He's also very opening and open and welcoming. Uh, he opens up his home uh, to players for rehabilitation and, and additional work, above-the-neck work, et cetera. Um, He's very demanding, um, but he gives them as much as he asks, asks for. And I think that's why guys love and respect him. Uh, you once said maybe jokingly that defensive backs aren't good choices to wear the green dot because big guys don't like to listen to little guys in the huddle. Uh, does that apply at all in a similar way to leadership and that words have more of an impact when they come from a big guy? There's <laughs> no question, especially when it's, when it's Cam Hayward's leadership style. When I say he's hands-on, I mean he's literally capable of being hands-on. <laughs> Your team currently uh, is on an eight-game winning streak to start this season. Uh, as the streak continues, does it get easier to get the necessary work done to continue the streak, or does human nature tend to get in the way? You know, I'm, I'm able to get singularly focused and trick myself, and it's one week at a time for me, but I'm not oblivious. I understand particularly young people are capable of getting distracted, and so – Man, we, we, we utilize all the tools at our disposal to get this group singularly, professionally focused at, at every turn throughout the course of the work week. I think that those are the things that have, have allowed uh, the eight games that you mentioned to happen. And so why change the formula? We're singularly focused on this AFC North battle we have this week versus Cincinnati, and it requires our attention if we're going to be successful. What are some of those things you utilize to get the, to keep the interest of the, some of the young people? You know, to look at our tape, your tape is, is, is the most significant teacher. You want to watch what the Cincinnati Bengals are watching this week and analyze it and critique, and critique it to the level that they are. Um, I think that's important. Oftentimes, we spend a lot of time looking at opponent tape, looking at their tendencies, their people, matchups, and so forth. Oftentimes, particularly as you continually try to challenge yourself and get all the meat off the bone, the most significant tape to study, critique, analyze, alter, and build a plan for your next course of action is your tape. And so that's one of the things that we do and one of the things that we've been doing this week. 
We've looked at a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers versus Dallas Cowboy video in an effort to learn from it. Uh, in your evaluation of Joe Burrow, the Bengals starting quarterback, uh, either in the course of draft preparation or in advance of this game, what are some of the intangibles uh, that he brings that you found impressive? He must be a cool guy. Um, I don't know him, but just to watch his teammates respond to him, the way that he energizes them with play and energy and emotion, and they gravitate to it, it lets you know what type of guy he's, he is. He's a, he's a guy's guy. Um, I saw the same thing or similar things in watching him interact with his LSU teammates. Um, a quarterback has to be somewhat presidential. Um, but at the same time, when they can, they can balance that and be a regular guy at the same time, they really have an opportunity to capture the attention and, 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 the, and, and the spirit of their group. And I, I think that I'm looking at a guy that's displaying those traits. Uh, the Bengals defense you're going to face today, uh, Carlos Dunlap is gone. He's now in Seattle. Geno Atkins has only appeared in four games and played a total of 68 defensive snaps. Who's their key guy on defense now? You know, I, I really think it, I really think it's, it's two key emerging young guys, guys that we've been talking about the last several years uh, who have star potential, um, who've captured our attention. Uh, now it's their time to ascend and be the leaders of that group. And that's Carl Lawson and the free safety Jesse Bates. Lawson dictates the pace up front. He's the bell cow for the group that rushes. Uh, he leads them in sacks this year. He's got a hot motor and a really good technician. And he's at that stage in his career about year three where it's time for those things to occur. Much like uh, T.J. Watt is really assuming a ridiculous leadership role within our group. And the same thing can I think can be said for Jesse Bates at the free safety position. Uh, I evaluated him when he came out in the draft. Uh, it was guys at that position coming out uh, like Mika and, um, and Edmonds and him. And I, and I was at all their pro days, and I thought he was elite, and he has proven to be that. Uh, he's a catalyst for what's happening for him on the back end. Those two guys, in my opinion, are guys that are significant components of their defense front end and back end.